Welcome everyone to Oh Come On Sports with Mike and Jesse. Today we're going to be talking about the Flames issues, what's going wrong, what can they do. The Habs fire Claude Julien, Carson Wentz got traded to the Colts, and Fernando Tatis is a very rich 23-year-old. And more. Enjoy. Alright, we're back after it's been about three weeks. Yep. Uh, and in those three weeks, before, the Flames were looking good. Markstrom looked like he could challenge for the Vezina. He was keeping him in all games. God, how things three, changed. Three weeks later, the Flames are in utter dysfunction. It's so and fast. Lucic is calling them out for uh, just basically not giving a shit. Lucic might be one of their best players right now. And that's what. That's why. That's why he's he's earning five point two five million to call out these guys <laughs> for their fucking lazy play. Um, I guess, in your opinion, what's wrong? Well, this has been a big topic uh, around the town here. Uh, one of the, the, the and this this kind of stems from, this one goes back a little while to when the Flames played the Leafs really early in the season. At the end of the game, Jake Muzzin flips a puck at Matthew Kachuk, and people are kind of pointing at that date as a time when things started to go downhill. Yes, yes, and he, and Kachuk lost his shit. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was pissed off. He was pissed off that nobody came to his aid. He kind of, he was like, he, he went through the, the bench door on the way to the dressing room, slammed the door behind him with guys still coming in, mm-hmm. slammed it in front of everybody. Uh, apparently, and then right after that, they also had a players-only meeting where some things were discussed. And I think there is definitely a, a bit of a deb- divide as far as mentality goes in that room. Um, a, a, a good example of this, I think, is if you look at Matthew Kachuk and say Johnny Gaudreau. And I think Johnny Gaudreau's had a good year. I think he's playing really well. Yeah, so, I like yeah. like Gaudreau. Gaudreau is like he gets shit on a little bit because he carries the puck and he does give away the puck a lot. But that's part of his game. Yeah, I think I've been impressed with the way he's played this Me year. Too. Uh, Monahan, not so much. Right. But. Exactly. And so the thing that I thought was interesting was um, uh, Johnny Gaudreau was on Spit and Chicklets podcast. Uh, people had talked. They asked him basically what was going on with the Flames and the room, blah, blah, this and that. And he really didn't kind of dance around it. He actually spoke quite honestly about it. And he said basically that, you know, he he said that at, in that moment he didn't see what happened. So that's why he was skating off the ice. Yeah. But at the same time, he also said, uh, as far as Kachuk goes, not everything has to be a fight. Was yeah. basically, the, I'm, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but that's kind of the message he was given. He was saying, you know... You know, we play these guys eight more times or whatever it was at that point. You, not everything has to be a fight to the death. Yeah. Which I kind of understand that. But at the same time, too, that's a bad look for a hockey team. Because because now, now Johnny Gaudreau is basically saying that he would tell Chucky to calm down. And when you, when you tell Chucky to calm down, what do you have? You, you got a, yeah. a lost, he's like a lost puppy out there. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. And I almost and I'm sure he's not doing this. I don't think he's this immature, but it almost looks like he's saying, "Okay, you want me to calm down? This will be me playing calm. You won't see me, you won't notice me. See if this is what you guys want." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I said, I'm sure he's not immature enough to pull that, but that's kind of what it looks like on the ice right now. But it now. could it, it like he might not be doing subconsciously. It, yeah, it yeah. might not be like on purpose that fuck it, I'm not going to play for this team, mm-hmm. but it's kind of like, "Well, I'll show you guys what it's like if I'm not engaged." And, yeah. And like I'll, I'll you know, uh, it does seem like there's a, uh, there's a divide, like you said, in the locker room. Um, you know, it's, is it like the, there's, they're slow. They are the slow. The team is slow. That's, I never thought of them as, as that, but now when you're watching, you're like, they are slow. They, they're very slow. And when you're playing a team like Edmonton, 
or Toronto that have that have decent speed, they really cause all kinds of problems. Yeah. When you're playing a team like Ottawa, who who comes out at every night and, and knows they have to play a perfect game and they got to play hard to have a shot. Exactly. And if you don't if you don't match their intensity, you're just going to get like this is the NHL. The difference between the first team and the thirty first team, like. Is not as as sizable of a, of a gap as what the standings would dictate. You That's know what right. I mean? Yeah. Like the talent is there. Any team can win on any given night yes. in the NHL. Um, it's uh, it's it's frustrating watching the team. It's so frustrating because you look at like the names on paper and you're like they like I'm not saying they should be first in their division, but <coughs> they should be battling for third, yep. second. They and, should be, and in the they're mix. not. They they look like they're going to miss the playoffs. To be quite honest, I it does. It does look like that right now. And of course, you know, things change quickly. So they could go on a run here. They could pull it together. Jeff Ward could give a big rah rah speech, say this is the last time you guys are all going to be together. Let's do this. And all of a sudden, they come out and they start playing, giving sixty minute efforts. Yeah. I mean, it hasn't happened with this core in several years. So that's a long shot. But it's uh, it's interesting dynamic because, like you said, the guys on paper. They look pretty good. They got a lot of good pieces here. But I feel like this is the uh, the beginning of the end for this group as we know it. Do you think Sam Bennett has been a problem? Yes, I do think he's been a problem. Do you think he's been like a problem in the locker room? I think I think with the even, trade trade demanded. I think even if he has a great attitude in the locker room, I think he's absolutely a problem because he's made it clear that he doesn't want to be there anymore. So yeah. now the rest of the team views him even subconsciously as an outsider. It's impossible not to think that way. Yeah. And his play on the ice has been pretty pretty poor as well, too. I thought he had a couple game stretches where he was good. But, uh, you know, he's still taking the dump penalties. He's chipping in with a goal here and there. But it's just, it's it's not, it's a really bad optics. And one of the other things that's frustrating is that he requests a trade. He's, he's, he's basically stating that he wants out. And they bump him up to the top line. Yeah. Now, I, I get that. I'm sure they want to showcase him. They want to say, here's a guy we can get something good for. But you're really sending the wrong message. You're saying if you're unhappy, speak out in the media through your agent or whatever, and we'll put you uh, on and the top line, and, and we'll, we'll get rewarded. To, we'll yeah. try to, yeah, yeah. It's um, uh, I don't understand. Like I know the whole thing with true live, like with with any GM is you don't want to trade an asset when his value is low. Mm-hmm. But I think an underrated part of of winning teams is chemistry in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, and if guys like each other and they want to play for each other and they galvanize and they get going, this group seems like they actually don't like each other. Yeah. You, you get that feeling when you, you know, watch like, them on like, the ice. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's all for one and not for all. They're all here to do a job, but they're not all doing the job for each other. Basically. Yeah. And, and each guy has a different, differing opinion of what that, that should be. Um, so tree living like i don't understand why you didn't deal him right away as soon as he asked like okay fine fuck i'll find a trade yeah you know or maybe the alternative would have been to say you're not playing until i find a trade too yeah go sit down you be- want a trade then this is this is what we got to do you can't be in yeah. the room no more and i get why you played him Derek ryan just got injured when he requested that trade so you do need bodies and on top of that tree living's probably thinking well if you know he can play good i can get more for him but you almost it would ha- have been you almost would have been better suited just to sit him down and say you guys know what he is like the league knows what he yeah. is Maybe you could convince uh, a GM that he is the playoff version of himself more often than he is. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was interesting. And now they're so handcuffed, handcuffed, right? Like what what kind of trade are you going to make right now? If you trade from somebody that's not in your division, 
he's out for probably about two to three weeks, just coming over the border. Yeah. Right? Uh, so there's going to be the quarantine, the two-week quarantine, and then you can get him in your lineup. So any guy you trade, you're not getting him for at least two weeks after the trade's made. Uh, I just really think you're limited here. Like, who's looking in the North Division right now? Who's looking to deal guys? Who's looking to take on a, a salary? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it, because if you have the room for it, you're probably out of it, and you're not looking to do that. Yep. Um, I also think Jeff Ward is not the guy, like you are saying, rah-rah speech. He's not the guy. No, he's not. Um, and, and, like, it's nothing against him, but yeah. he's just... This team needs a fucking hard-ass coach. And and not a hard ass coach in the way of Bob Hartley, who was a bully, basically. Was I don't, a bull- I don't like, just throw that word around, but it seemed like he was. He was a little bit, but he also didn't have success in the NHL. Yeah, he won the Cup with Colorado, but that was kind of like that team was pretty good. That team was pretty stacked. That's yeah. like Babcock winning with Detroit. Your team was stacked. Yeah. Calm the fuck down. Yeah. They're not that good. A young Alex Tangay was like your sixth or seventh best player on yeah, that team. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Milan Hayduke and like all yeah. those guys. Yeah. Um, just like, Zakic, I heard, was pretty good. I, you know, I just look at guys like um, Gerard Gallant, who's who's done well in most every stop he's been at. Uh, Bruce Boudreaux. Yeah. Granted, he doesn't do great in the playoffs, but <laughs> he seems to get get a lot out of the roster. So, like, but I don't think ownership's willing to cut bait on a coach they just signed right in, in September, and, right? And, like, and I don't think that Ward is is not at fault here. But I think I think management and ownership probably recognizes the bigger the bigger problem here. That's not the coach. They've gone through several coaches. The thing that's that, true. The thing that hasn't changed is the core is, of this is the team. core of this team. And um, and I like the guys they brought in. Like like Tanev is having a fantastic year. Doing and Mark, exactly and Markstrom too. Um, a lot of those those um, signings, those cheap signings like Levo and Simon and all that, they haven't worked out great. Simone was just put on waivers today. But you know what? When you're paying guys 700k, you're it, it's a lottery ticket. Exactly. You know, it's if it hits great, if not, well, we're only paying him 700k. Levo was a guy I like I remember watching Levo with Vancouver and Toronto and he was noticeable in games. Mm-hmm. In Calgary, like sometimes you ask yourself is he in the lineup? Like is he even is he even here? Yeah. Because he's invisible. So obviously, somebody Pieces from the core have got to go. Like, that's kind of what it's coming to. Who? So, this Who? the conversation automatically goes to Sean Monaghan, Johnny Gaudreau, when you do this talk, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a tough one. I, I like... I, Gaudreau's playing better right now than Sean Monaghan. I think Gaudreau's a better overall player. He's got speed. He's got skill. He's actually pretty tenacious on defense. I know that doesn't get talked a lot about outside of, of Calgary, but he steals the puck from guys. He's good with that. Sean Monahan is one of these guys that I wonder with Sean Monahan is what would he look like if he hasn't been playing with Gaudreau this whole time? Like, does he generate on his own? He's a 30-goal-a-year guy every year like clockwork, but is he that guy without uh, an elite setup guy? Um, the My problem with Monahan is he never looks like he gives a fuck about what's going on on the ice. Yeah. Gaudreau at least sometimes looks like he gets like pissed off, and mm-hmm. usually it's because guys are slashing him in the hands and shit. Yeah. But Monaghan looks like he could not care. He, he, he couldn't care less to be out there. You know, like he's just like, eh. and he's it's one of those guys too that like he's Monaghan is is slow, right? He's not a fast guy, and he's almost he almost has the. This isn't a comparison about speed because Brody was a lot faster, but their mentality is the same, right? Brody and Monaghan are constantly ragged on for people saying they don't care. 
And it's it's not that they don't care. It's that they don't outwardly show that they care. So I don't need a guy to do that. But when you're on the ice, you need to look like you care on the ice. You need to be engaged and, and it doesn't look like it. It's, um, it's obvious. When you watch a guy like Mangiapani, he cares. Every freaking shift, he cares. Yeah. And he takes each shift one by one yeah. and says, what can I do on this shift? Even Lucic. Like, Lucic has got his faults, but he looks like he he cares. He makes a lot of mistakes. Sometimes when I watch him, I'm like, like he just looks like a beer league hockey player out there, mm-hmm. to be quite honest. <laughs> but at least he cares. You know, you can't say he doesn't care. Now... I don't know what the situation in Buffalo is. You keep on hearing rumblings that Eichel and the coach are having problems. And and he said this past summer that, you know, we got to start winning. So Eichel does not have a no move. He's making 10 mil a year. It's a nice little chunk of change till 2026. Monaghan can't be the centerpiece in that trade. Would you, this is crazy, would you deal Kachuk and pieces to get Eichel? And and uh, pieces would be you're looking at first round picks probably two years worth okay at least okay um and then you're probably gonna have to throw in something else for salary wise like a maybe a if it's done this year like maybe a Sam Bennett that that makes it close um but would um would Jeff Skinner have to be coming back that's they want to get rid of that contract Buffalo but then we wouldn't have enough cap room to take back Eichel well, it, and it, Skinner it right that's 19, like, 19 million in cap room yeah you would have to do Kachuk probably Monahan and some like jeez but Kachuk uh, Eichel is 24 Kachuk is 23 yeah but you're getting a center and a center is 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 infinitely more valuable than than a wing okay now Kachuk is is loved in the city but so would Eichel be? Do you and he signed long? It's not like you're getting a rental. You see, signed long term no, Eichel, yeah. and he doesn't have a no move right now. Right, right. So you, team control. So it's team control. So you can try to deal for him, but like yeah. to get it done, you're gonna have to trade Kachuk plus plus. How okay. would would you would you consider something like that? Absolutely, I'd consider it for sure. Yes. Yeah, with, without a doubt, because I think I think Jack Eichel is the best player out of everyone you've talked about here. Uh, so absolutely, I would consider that. In an ideal world, I would love if if you're going for Eichel, and I believe me, I am I, I I'm not one of these people who overestimates what's on our own team and 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 thinks you can trade you know you know crap and a pick for mm-hmm. Jack Eichel. I understand you need to give up a lot. What I would attempt to do first, if I was tree living, is see what can I do. To keep Kachuk, if you're if you are looking at Eichel and there's a chance you could get him, what could I do to keep Kachuk and bring Eichel in too? Because talk about a, a one-two combo on a line that would be just absolutely mm-hmm. phenomenal, like a couple mm-hmm. of American beasts, basically. They, um, I just don't think. Uh, I think Kachuk is the only piece um, besides maybe. What about this? Uh, who would you look? Maybe what? Rasmus Anderson, who's young. So, so you're saying it needs to be a young guy going back. Otherwise, oh, yeah. Buffalo's going to balk. But, like, now, Buffalo could be stupid, but, like... Let's assume they're not. Let's assume they're not. They're not going to take... They're not going to trade Jack Eichel for somebody that's older than Jack Eichel. Would they, would they take... Would they be interested... Would this make them think if you offered Monaghan, Goudreau, and picks? High picks. First round. Hmm. First and a second, something like that. Big package. I, I don't know if they do it, but I I would look at that and I'd be like, hmm, that might be tempting. It might be. It might be. But but then are you? But then the question, of course, would be: Are you getting? Are you maximizing your assets? Are you getting enough That's back true. for trading 
basically your two debatable, but I'll just call them your two best players for now. Mm-hmm. They're not actually, but but let's just yeah. say something like that. They're in the top five. Yeah. Um, the thing is, is that I'm I'm also thinking of addressing the room chemistry now. I don't know if Eichel's a fiery guy like Kachuk. I've never seen it on the ice that he's like that. I think so, he is, though. Oh, you think he is? Okay, I, do, I was yeah. thinking he'd, he'd fit in well with Johnny. And mm-hmm. if you're looking to keep Johnny after the 21-22 season, having Eichel as a center instead of Monaghan might be a good chip to keep him around. Johnny is going to be 28 at the end of that season, so I don't know. These American guys like to stick together, too. You get, they, they, you they get, do. You get Chucky, Jack Eichel, Johnny you know, Gaudreau, uh, I, Austin Matthews comes in. <laughs> just, just hoard them all. Um, uh, it's just really tough to sign an impact center to yeah. come to Calgary because yeah. uh, they don't want to come to Canada. The tax thing is 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 rough. They don't want to come here. The, the, so the trade, odds are you're probably not going to yeah, sign one. So a trade or, or drafting one is the way to go. And there's problems with Eichel and it's like, yeah, you know. Um, if I'm looking to like a Sean Monaghan trade, like I, I, don't, I don't know what he's worth out there. You know? I, I like, think I it's a really tough one. I don't one. think he's worth much to a lot of teams. And I think... You can flash his stats. You can say this guy scores in a, in a full season. This guy scores thirty goals in his sleep, which he basically does. That's Except not this year where he's got four goals. R- correct, correct. Yeah. We're going to ignore this year. <laughs> when, when we're talking to other GMs, we're going to ignore this year. Oh, okay. We're going to say pandemic, all yeah. kinds of shits going do on. Do the right? Sith thing, like yeah, like yeah. the Jedi, like yeah. don't look at this year, <laughs> don't do it. But I, I, hey, I'm I'm kind of with you. Unfortunately, like what value does Sean Monahan have? He when he first caught into the league, I looked, I viewed him as like a Jonathan Taze light. And as time has gone on, he has become very, very light. Whereas I wouldn't even compare those two anymore. Yeah, he's he's much slower. Um, he probably he might he might be a better pure goal scorer than Jonathan Taze when you put him in the slot. But I mean, Taze brings all the intangibles that Monahan does not have. That that drive, that leadership, all mm-hmm. the things that you want Sean Monahan to do, Taze hasn't, and Monahan doesn't. So that's uh, I, I I I do wonder what his value around the league is and what you could get for him because I don't think it's that strong to be honest. When you see when you see Pierre Luc Dubois go to the Jets. And they're trading away Patrick Laine in order to get him. They're they're trading. They traded Laine and uh, Roslovic, who has been great. Who's been great down there. And yeah. Roslovic's not like a huge piece, right. but it was still a two for one deal exactly. because Dubois plays center, and center is 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 huge. Yeah. So the Flames don't have a Patrick Laine to trade. Well, yeah. I, I mean, unless you want to say like a Kachuk, Kachuk, Kachuk's right? the only yeah. guy yeah. that would fit that kind of bill. Like he's not the same player as Lane, yeah. obviously. Yeah. But and then how be- how much better are you getting when you send out you, the cornerstone of what's supposed to be your team for the next little while, for the next you know four, five, six years? But people you're getting. Thinking? But if if you do that, you get back a 24 year old center. It's not like you're getting like a. It's not like they're trading Kachuk for let's say Malkin, who's been rumored to be available out of Pittsburgh to, to switch right. that up. Yeah, where Malkin's in his 30s, you're mm-hmm. not doing that. You're, mm-hmm. you're you're making a move for a guy that's 24 years old. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So it's uh, it would be interesting. Um, I like it. The thing that bu- that bugs me about it is thinking I'm like, you're you're not addressing the thing that we just talked about, which is this this, for lack of a better term unmotivated core 
That, that, that might be the wrong terminology, but when you're watching them on the ice, that's kind of what it feels like. When you watch them in the playoffs, that's what it feels like. I would think that doing a big trade like that and trading a core piece or two... Might wake them up. Might wake them up. Mm. And maybe the chemistry changes. Like, obviously, we're not in that room, no. but you got to think that, that Tree Living knows what's going on, and he knows about the schism yeah. in the locker room. Like, who's on this side, who's great, on this side, right? Word. And if it's if it's Kachuk and Gaudreau, let's say, are the two leaders of the two factions, mm-hmm. like, who are you riding with? Yeah. You know, like, like yeah. who who can you win? I think one thing that the Flames need to to change, and it's it's something they've they've never done, is they need to get aggressive. They always they always rest on their hands and and move fringe pieces, it, like especially with this core for the past five years. They're yeah. just moving fringe pieces and hoping it just thinks, well, fuck, it's been five years. Like enough's enough. Make a big deal. They've had their time. They've had their time. It's time to shake it up. Yeah. I, um. Yeah. You know, and and people will disagree with me, and and maybe I'm out to lunch on this. I'm just thinking, uh, Eichel's the only guy I know that's out there as a center. You know that that's discon- like discontented with his team, mm-hmm. and Buffalo needs to shake shit up. They've they been do. trying that sh- like doing all this stuff. So yeah, no, it hasn't worked there either. So I agree with it. It seems like there could be a, a match there, but do we have? Uh, you know, it, it would. I would not want to give up. Uh, Kachuk and an Anderson and a pick for Eichel type of thing. To me, that's just gutting too much of your future. Uh, yeah, I guess if you throw in Anderson, but it's gonna take something like that yeah. to unless and maybe I'm being too cautious. Unless unless it's one of those things that they say if you're taking Eichel, you have to take Skinner. Well, now okay, so if it's Kachuk and Monahan plus a couple pieces, you're not getting Anderson now. Right, I think that makes the deal worse for me. If you said, right. if or, they tell or me, or is it, or is it Kachuk and Backlund? But right. Backlund's got a no trade clause, so that's hard to do. If they tell me that I have to take Skinner back, all of a sudden I want to give them less. I'm like, I don't want that. That's like that's like the Jared Goff Stafford deal, yeah. right? Like yeah. I want more if I'm taking that shit contract back. Yep, yep, you're right. And I'd make fun of the GM too. I'd be like, why the hell did you sign him with that? You're an idiot. Yep. Uh, well, it wasn't him that did it. That's the thing. It wasn't him. I would blame uh, it on him. <laughs> uh, and also, you know, it's going to be a change in the guard. I think Giordano's going to be exposed in the expansion uh, draft. And... But he probably won't be taken. Do you think he'll be taken if he's exposed? Well, I don't know who else the Flames would uh, would put out there. I guess it just depends. But um, uh, Lucic, Sam Bennett, <laughs> if he, they still if he's still on the team. To be quite honest, I take if I'm them, I take Gio for two for one season at six point seven five over Sam Bennett. I know, I know. Sam Bennett's value is junk. It really is. It, it really like he's yeah. he did not turn out like he's not a fourth overall pick. He's just a guy. It would be good if he realized he wasn't a fourth overall pick. You, you felt like he kind of did a little bit there, but now it's it's tough. You were kind of talking about like a, a coach, you know, about Jeff Ward, and you were saying, you know, talking about hard nosed coaches or whatever. It almost seems like what this team needs. And they're not going to go this route. They're not going to retread this. But it almost seems like this team needs a Daryl Sutter. I heard that on the radio the other day. Yeah. Is that they should go out and hire Daryl Sutter. And I'm like, fuck me, no. Because, like, what is with Calgary <laughs> and the fucking Sutters? Like, my God. It's because they know he's just up the road at his farm. Yeah, they could just, like, drive <laughs> to his house and be like, hey, you want to come coach? Like, fuck, just move on from the Sutters. Yeah. The one thing, and this, the, I don't think, like I said, they're not going to go this. I'm sure they're not. But the one thing that he was great at was telling players exactly where they slot in. There was never any confusion as to what you were doing on this team. Uh, But it was... The the Iggy years, we didn't have as much on-paper high-end talent as we do now. Right. 
So like, it, it was, was yeah. it, it was Iggy and a bunch of scrubs. So when he said to them, "You slot here," yeah. and Iggy was really Iggy and Kipper were the only guys. Yeah, like everyone's like, "Well, yeah, obviously, I'm not up their levels." But right, so there was no pushback. Like yeah, you, like if if you tell like if Daryl Sutter, for instance, hypothetically tells Came Sam in. Bennett, "You're a fourth liner, so play that role and yeah. shut up." Or he goes to Shaw Monahan and he's like, "You you're a third line center." And he's gonna <laughs> yeah. get pushback, from which it. would probably be a realistic thing that he would yeah. say. Yeah. That's a lot easier than telling Sean Donovan that you're a third line plug exactly yeah. exactly yeah. just just put your head down and go do it you know not to talk negatively about sean donovan he was great those in, um, in and daryl sutter was great too yeah. but it's just don't go back to that shit no just don't not, no. just don't fucking do it but but uh the point was a coach with that mentality yes. right yes yes that can that can uh come in and you need right now the players have shown that they uh they're not capable of changing the way they play no. You need a coach to come and force them to change the way they play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not. I'm. I don't think Jeff Ward's the guy. I, I think he's too nice, to be quite honest. I think he's too nice with these guys. Jeff Ward seems like a great associate coach or assistant coach. And you know, I I get it. The Flames essentially hired him out of maybe. I, th- I think they definitely thought he was qualified, but it was also very convenient that once they let Bill Peters go, they just upgrade Jeff Ward. Um, this kind of buys Tre living some more time. He's saying this isn't my this isn't my next coaching hire. This was a guy I had to go to in between because, who the next coach is yeah, going to be. Yeah, my hire was Bill Peters, and it yeah. turns out he's a fucking asshole. It's almost like tre- racist. Tre living's almost buying himself more time by doing that, right? He's saying, yeah. "Well, this this isn't the this isn't the the fourth coach I've hired yeah. or whatever it is." Most now. coaches. Um, so let I'm counting Peters and Ward as one coach. Yeah, yeah, you right? have to like. Just because of the situation. Yeah. Uh, Most GMs don't get a second coach that's their their hire. Mm Mm-hmm. No. No. Uh, And, um... And if you get a second, you don't get a third. Um, I think... I think it's one of those things that if they don't make the playoffs this year, there has to be major changes in the offseason. And if they... If they don't go to the second round next year or do a deep run that year... Uh, Tree Living's gone. They're gonna fire him. Yeah, because he hasn't he hasn't brought the success they're gonna want. The amount of times that Joel Quinville has been available and glossed over by a lot of people, not just mm-hmm. the Flames, but the amount of times that Josh Quinville is, I just call him Josh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was thinking of Josh Levo. The amount of times he's been available and has been like the Flames hired Brett Sutter instead yeah. of hiring him. Yeah. Um. He was, you know, they had a coach when he was left Chicago, but you're just like. Man, this guy just keeps going places and winning, yeah. winning, winning. Yeah. Maybe we should get a little more aggressive in our coaching search here. Well, and and one of the one of the criticisms with Flames ownership is they won't spend money on coaching, it, which is which is crazy it because it's the it's it's the one it coaching is the thing that's not cap. It's not on the cap, and it's, it's this isn't a team that's short of money. There's, yeah. there's this team has money. Listen, we're uh, Mike and I here are taxpayers in the city of Calgary. <laughs> get a fucking coach. We're paying for your goddamn <laughs> arena. Least you could do is get a fucking coach. Let's make a deal. Let me, maybe I'll give him a call and I'd be like, you know what? I've I've yeah. footed a certain amount of this a new arena, per, a certain percentage to yeah. this new arena. Yeah, I'm basically an owner at this point. Let's have a talk, Brad. <laughs> All right. Um, speaking of coaches being fired, the Habs. Claude Julian's available. Uh, yeah, they fired Claude Julian. They uh, they started off well in the season and then they went into a tailspin. And Bergevin is not one to wait around, and he canned his ass. That seemed like a surprise to everybody outside of Montreal, but apparently, according to people in Montreal, they thought it was a foregone conclusion. Yeah, it was a surprise to me. You know, I thought, um, it's not Julian's fault that fucking Carey Price can't stop a puck this year. 
Yeah, that's like uh, that's like what? Is, what is he supposed to do? Is he supposed to be like, "Hey, Carrie, can you save like three more pucks a night, please?" Like, if you could do that as a coach, you'd be a great coach. Yeah, fuck. Like, if you could do that, and like, they would just listen. Walk that'd off be phenomenal. And be like, hey, I need you to save three more pucks than yesterday. Yeah. Okay, coach. I uh, Bergevin is growing on me as time goes on as a GM. He's he's made some some bad moves, and he's made some, in my opinion, quite good moves. But as time goes on, I think he's proven to be actually a really good GM. I gotta respect a guy that's aggressive. Yeah, like yeah. I, right, like if the moves are good or bad. But I gotta respect a guy that that shoots his shot. He he trades uh, trades guys. He traded Subban for Weber, which everyone slammed. That, him that looked for. like a terrible trade. And Weber has been the better player. Weber's been great. That um, that one, um, the Josh Anderson signing. People are like, "What the hell are yeah, you doing?" Trading with that? Max Domi for Josh Anderson yeah. and then and, and then, then signing, signing him for those big that big deal. Um, He's been great. He's like trading one of the best power for for uh, Druen. Yeah, like he's yeah. That one wasn't great. No, it wasn't great, but like he he at least shoot he he, he shoots a it. shot. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I gotta respect the shit out of him. And he, you you know, we like Canada here. It, every every market's a pressure cooker, but nothing like Montreal and Toronto. Mm-mm, mm-mm. You know the pressure those teams are under. And then not to mention the coach he hires has to speak French. Yes. So his his coaching carousel uh, is very limited. He can only pull two or three guys basically. What a what a dumb fucking thing i remember the, them having to apologize i think claude julian had a, a, a health procedure done uh in the bubble when they were in the bubble i think or something like yes that. and then kirk muller had to take over and they actually had to make a public apology that kirk muller couldn't speak french like <laughs> oh my goodness kirk muller was also fired was also, also at the goal. same time and yeah. they they fired uh the goalie coach in the middle of a game really yes yes last what? night they they fired the the goalie coach in the middle of the game <laughs> did did, did Carey Price let in a goal and they're all of a sudden they're like, hey, get in here, man. Yeah, enough of this shit. Why is that goalie letting in goals? Oh my goodness. Um So Julian, I just sorry to interrupt. I just pictured like I just pictured Carey Price letting in a goal and the goalie coach gets a tap on the shoulder. Uh Bergevin wants to see you. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, what? After that? <laughs> oh my god. Oh, it's just just insane. Um so now, like, big coaches out there, you got Boudreaux, you got Gerard Gallant, you got Claude Julien, so they'll they'll have their pick. Yeah. You know? I've always been a Gerard Gallant fan. I think he's got a great name. He's... <laughs> <laughs> he's a good coach. He's always done well with... Like, look what he did with Vegas. Yeah. You know? A bunch of casts off, exactly. and he takes them to the Stanley Cup final, and it's like, dude. I almost wonder if that's easier. When you got a, a that the, the narrative has been created for you, right? Yeah, you, your, your identity is almost created for you. You're like, we got nothing to lose. Yep. we are gonna go balls to the wall, wave after wave, line after line, and it just goes. So I, I, that might have almost been an easier scenario than when you come to Calgary. Nobody knows what the identity is. Nobody's motivated. I, I keep saying that. That's a bad thing to say. Guys are motivated. I don't want to take away that guys aren't motivated here, but it, it's you just you're lacking something. You're mm-hmm. just, you just you just keep wanting more. All right, let's transition to some NFL talk. Uh, actually, right the day after we had our last podcast, Carson Wentz was traded to the Colts. <laughs> yep. So this news is old, but we're going to talk. I want to ask you, can he return to his 2017 levels when uh, he threw for 33 touchdowns and seven picks? He was an MVP candidate before he got hurt. They ended up winning the Super Bowl that year with yeah. Nick Foles as their starter. Yep. Um, can 
can the can the uh, trade help the Colts? Uh, I I think it can. I think it has the potential to. And I'm not. Uh, if it was, if it was, I think. Holy crap! It sound like I'm sitting on the fence here. What I <laughs> what I think is that this was the best case scenario for Carson Wentz to go to in order mm-hmm. to return to that previous self that you're referring to. And I think I think that the fact that he is a really good team, I think, has a lot to do with that. And then they of don't course, have, they don't have any receivers though. That's right. Ty Hilton's a free agent. They they really don't have any receivers. And right. That, that was always a thing in Philly. They kept on saying, well, what's Wentz supposed to do? Look at the receivers he's throwing to. Well, But he's got a much better O-line than he, he had. He does have... Uh, but the Colts got a lot of cap space, so I wonder if they're going to go get him somebody. Well, they'll... they'll Watch, they'll go sign Elshon Jeffrey or something. They, <laughs> He'll be like, oh, fuck! Geez. Can't get away from this guy! If they get like an Allen Robinson or someone like that, that would be a nice upgrade. Even a Kenny Galladay, although I heard there's rumbles that he's going to sign back in Detroit. Or fr- they're going to franchise tag him. Yeah, possibly, yeah. Um, but but yeah, and and I, the last thing I meant to mention there was the relationship between Frank Reich and Carson Wentz, obviously. I think I don't, yes. I don't think that should be downplayed, too, especially since both of them are uh, men of faith. Uh, they, 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 their religion is both uh, very yes, important the to them. Men of faith. And to to people who they're they're my favorite band besides Men Without Hats. <laughs> <Men without health. laughs> to people who aren't uh, that way or people who are atheists, that might mean nothing to you. Yeah. But for those two, I think that means a heck of a lot, honestly. Yes. Well, and and Carson's biggest success was when Frank Reich was the offensive coordinator in Philly. Yeah, absolutely. So they're they're uh, they're definitely banking on it, banking on him being more of a longer term option than. Uh, obviously, Philip Rivers was. I think, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think Chris Ballard is the boss. Like, as far as being a GM, who he he didn't fall for any of that bullshit about oh, we want uh, you know yes. a couple first round. Well, picks. they they traded a third and a yeah. conditional second. Yeah, that'll turn into a first if they make the playoffs and he plays seventy percent of the snaps. And and Chris Ballard said, you know what, this is our offer. Mm-hmm. You guys mull it over. If you're getting better offers like you claim to be getting, then I'll uh, go ahead and let this one pass. Philly's in for a rough rebuild, man. They got yeah. a lot of bad contracts now that they're going to have to get rid of and they're going to have to eat. Yeah. Ooh. And that, they're in the worst position because they haven't started the rebuild. They got too much money on the books right now, but they got a bunch of players who are veterans that aren't going to help that team win. They might keep them mediocre, which is not what you want when you're rebuilding the NFL. You basically yep. want to suck, honestly. Yep. Uh, and also, J.J. Watt, in a surprise, signed with the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, that was not... Uh, of I all the rumors you heard, that was not one of them. I uh, That came out of nowhere. Uh, but they offered him the most money. Yep. It just goes to... Two sh- years, $31 million. Just goes to show you, too, all, a lot of the stuff we hear is bullshit, right? Like, it really is. Like Media-created bullshit. They were throwing out... So they threw out... The, the Browns. Yep. They threw out the Bills. Packers were in there. Packers. The Packers, that was... I'm sure they reached out to see how much he was looking for. Yeah. The Packers don't have cap room. No, they don't. Yeah. Like they, they have to they have to do some dancing here. Like yeah. not many teams do, but they don't have the type of cap room a JJ Watt uh would command. And also with the Packers, they're it's not their biggest need to have mm-hmm. a defensive end defense mm-hmm. tackle. That's not their that's not their biggest need this offseason. They would biggest, have taken them if the price was right. Yes. Um but their biggest need is is inside linebacker and and probably receiver, maybe running back cuz they might lose Aaron, Aaron Jones. <laughs> receiver big time. Um and you know the the Browns, the Browns always like confuse me because they they're like they, he wants to go to a team that, that has a Super Bowl chance. I'm like the Browns? <laughs> I think they're trending that direction, though. I get that meant. I get that thought process. Uh, I, I don't. They were pretty I, good. I still think they're the Browns. You know, like 
But do you think Pittsburgh's going to keep going? I think no, Pittsburgh's no, trending no. down, right? No, no. Pittsburgh's trending down. The uh, Ravens are still good. The Ravens good. should be good. Uh, they, they need to get Lamar an actual stud receiver yeah, to help him out. They really do. Um, so, I keep bringing up Allen Robinson. Every team that needs a wide receiver, I'm like, Allen Robinson, Allen, Allen Robinson. Chris Godwin? Yeah. Uh, oh, both might, great. He might be out there. Yeah. Um, you know, there's Antonio Brown even. Yes. He he was practicing with Lamar Jackson in the offseason. Right, yeah, because uh, uh, the, Mark, the younger Brown is on the Yeah, Ravens. his cousin or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, J.J. Watt to the Cardinals. So now they have the two top pass rushers in the last, like, eight years. Him and Chan- oh, Chandler Jones, yeah. Yeah, they have, they're the two top sack getters. Right. Uh, so that's... Interesting. Inter- like, the- it's a good move for the Cardinals. Um, now they're basically the Texans West, I guess. <laughs> Uh, Does this make them a team? I don't, I don't know if it was if this brings them into this category, but this was brought up. Does this now make them a destination team for other players? Like, are they? Uh, you know, like if someone might go to Tampa Bay right now and sign for less than they're worth in order to play on a contender. No, this doesn't bring them into that I category. Don't think so. No, 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 I don't. Um, Probably not enough on the offense, even with yeah, Kyler Murray. Yeah, they need to. Um. Yeah, just kind. Of, I, I think a lot of what makes a team a destination is who the quarterback is, mm-hmm. and Brady has proven that he can do a lot year after year, year after year. So if Kyler might get there, but yeah, he's not there. Um, and if you're ring chasing, then Brady's probably the best guy to go with. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, I feel that checks ba- out. I feel bad for Russell Wilson a little bit right, because yeah. now, like, he's just like. He's got J.J. Watt chasing him twice a year uh, behind that Seattle. <laughs> well, is he, what do you is think, he still going to be there? What do you think about that? I think it's. You know, I think it's. I don't want to ask for a trade, but if you're going to trade me, I'm only going to go to Dallas, New Orleans, <laughs> Las Vegas, or fucking Chicago. I was yeah. like Chicago. Yeah, that shows you how what he thinks of Seattle. If Chicago is on his list, I, I saw a great tweet from someone that said uh, list of the Bears' top quarterbacks of all time, and it was like uh, Jim McMahon, some guy I've never heard of. Third was Russell Wilson saying he would play for the Bears. <laughs> Jay Cutler. So it was like, just Russell Wilson saying he would play for the Bears is the third best quarterback they've ever had, oh <laughs> according to this list. Oh my god, that's good. But that how interesting good. is it that it at least appears as though the Seahawks are taking calls on the issue, whereas a team like the Texans aren't even picking up the phone when people are asking about Deshaun oh Watson. My god. The Texans are so fucking dumb. They are so dumb. You, you think that... That you can just sit and be like, no, we're not going to trade him. He's our asset, and we're going to make him play. He's not going to fuck. He will. He will fucking retire. Yeah, yeah. He will. He is not going to play. Just fucking trade him. Yep. Like it is so. Chemistry means so much in a room, and if you got a guy, if you're going to force a guy to play, oh my god! Like I get why the Texans are are taking this stance because they see an asset, one of the most valuable assets in the NFL, is asking to get out. And, and they are just holding on to that. Like, the business mentality would be to hold on to that asset. But, of course, in this business, these guys are people. So they have feelings, and they have thoughts, and they have emotions. So you can't do that, right? Like, you... It's it's interesting. I don't, I don't want to set the precedent that these players can just pick where they go at any time. But right now, Deshaun Watson holds the hammer there. He I could easily see him say, I'm not going to play this year. So I saw I saw online on Twitter, which, you know, take it's that with the truth. The, it, it's, it's obviously the truth. But a guy's like, we can't let the NFL become the NBA where the players dictate where they go. And I'm like, why? Yeah. Why can't you? 
And then, and then his whole thing was, well, Deshaun signed a contract. He has to honor it. Okay, then why did they trade DeAndre Hopkins? He signed a contract. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they should have had to honor it and keep him there. Like, don't come, don't say shit. Like the player signed a contract, he needs to stay there. The teams can't trade. They sh- there should not be- right. trade shouldn't be allowed to happen because they also signed the contract. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So don't give me that fucking shit that a guy's getting paid, so he needs to stay. And you know what? I kind of like the fact that these teams have to be accommodating to these players. You have to be a good franchise. Like, yes! Like, like treat need, these guys with respect. You need to be held accountable for your shit-ass fucking personnel decisions. Yeah, it's not Deshaun's fault that you had Bill O'Brien running the show for fucking four years or whatever it was. They're driving that team into the ground. Like, come Fuck. on. You need to own up some responsibility and, on and that. And you're sitting there and you're like, no, we're not gonna, we're not gonna deal them. And it's like, well, why the fuck would you hold on to, to what I'm gonna term a distressed asset? Mm-hmm. Like, what... What what purpose does this serve? Yeah, absolutely. Fucking crazy. Just accumulate your draft picks. That team's not going anywhere in the immediate future. So just accumulate the draft picks that you've already got, um, that you're going to get for Watson. And they're and they're not going to sign Will Fuller. He's a right. free agent. They're going to let him walk. So like, fuck. Who wants to go? Like, oh. what are the odds Will Fuller signed in Arizona too? Well, that'd be interesting. Hey, because mm-hmm. uh, they, he, they he would is... be looking for another receiver. DeAndre Hopkins is not the, although he's great. I'm not. I'm not hating on Deshaun. Oh, he, he's, he's not the downfield threat that Will Fuller is. Yeah, yeah. You get a, got a guy to get a, get a guy to stretch the defense, and Christian Kirk's not that guy. No. So that'd be interesting. Yeah, that would be interesting. But I would love. I got to be honest. I would love to see Russ probably on a different team. I would love to see him in the Saints in that offense. Oh my goodness! That would Wouldn't fun. that be fantastic? That would be fun. That would be that would be um, yeah, be amazing. Dallas was like really like I I know he's saying this, but I'm like why like Dallas is just going to move on from Dak to get Russ, or they would swap him. That was probably the thought process. Oh yeah, there. maybe maybe. Yeah. Uh, but now yeah. but now if you're Seattle, you're paying more for Dak Prescott than you would be paying for Russell Wilson. That doesn't yeah. that doesn't seem very fair to um, me. And then you got uh, Las Vegas, not so much the team, but I'm thinking the city. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. Las Vegas is a is a growing city. Chicago, I'm assuming it's because of the city. I'm assuming must, there's, yeah, you know, because be. the team itself, why the fuck would you want to go there? Can't be because of Nagy. No. <laughs> like, it just, it just can't at this can't. point. Um, one, yeah. The other thing, too. Oh, jeez. I lost my train of thought. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, but I do like the signing the card, uh, of the Cardinals for J.J. Watt. Absolutely. Um, that is a... It's only a two-year deal, so it's not long-term. Yes, it's a lot of money, but yeah, he can he can real that defense needs leaders, and he's going to bring leadership to it for sure. I heard uh, one of JJ uh, Watt uh, texted somebody. I can't remember who it was, a reporter now, um, texted somebody and said he said all the stuff you're hearing is crap. We're not talking to anybody, and he said like anybody in capitals like we're not talking to anybody. So everything you're hearing. Not didn't come from us. Yeah, and basically he was he was being truthful about that. Yeah. That's a great way to see who's on your side too, right? Like that's a that's a great way to judge if if that came out on the Arizona Cardinals side. Like you know, JJ Watt's team went in there and, and they were testing the Cardinals. Yeah, they were saying we don't want anything about this leaked. Let's let's talk, but we don't want to hear anything about us visiting you yeah. in the media. And you know that was a challenge to the Cardinals to say yeah. shut the hell up yeah. and let's see if you can actually do it. Because if it if this leaks, it's not coming from my side. So let's see if how how loyal and honest you are. Yeah, loyal's the wrong word. Honest. That's uh that's. 
that's a that's a good move from his camp. Yeah, uh, and it's gonna start a pretty crazy offseason. That's always in the NFL. It's gonna be some crazy shit. It's gonna be a bloodbath when winter cuts coming, like next week sometime. I yes. Guess? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. the, gonna be a the new year starts, I think March fifteenth or something, mm-hmm. and all these teams got to get to like one hundred eighty-five million, and a lot of teams are not. We're gonna there. see. We're gonna see some player movement. Yeah. Well, you're going to see a lot of veterans get cut. Yeah. And you're going to see a lot of them sign one-year cheaper deals. Kyle Van Noy. Kyle Van Noy yeah, just after, got sign, after signing the bigger the big contract last year, yeah. And he's not an he's not an old guy. He's no. not. There must have been a problem there because I don't see. Well, why, he was why. hurt for most of the year, but he's yeah. still. But he played through injuries. He played too. through. Yeah. He played through a hip injury. Spent the night in hospital after the game. So he like it wasn't like he was oh, faking the, it. The NFL, what a cruel business. And I, I was saying that Deshaun Watson should get Allen Robinson together and force his way to the Dolphins. But man, that organization. If you're making moves like that. Do you even want to win? That's what I would say now. If you're making yeah. moves like that, how serious are you about winning? Yeah, it'd be, uh, uh, yeah, but Deshaun needs to be free. Free Deshaun! Enough of this shit. Uh, last topic. Um, hey, how much were you making at the age of 23? Do you remember? Uh, you know, probably around uh, $14 an hour. Okay, okay. Yeah, so that's that's you know. slightly less than what Fernando Tatis is going to oh, be making why? What's he at making? 22. He's going to be making. Um, twenty-four million a year. Oh, yes. He signed a fourteen-year, three hundred forty million dollar extension. Like it's just, oh, for fourteen years too. Yeah, <laughs> just like hear those numbers. You're like, what? But I, I wanted to, I wanted to float something to you. Um, long-term contracts are generally like harbingers of doom for teams mm-hmm. towards the end. I was thinking of that when I saw this. Except him. Yeah. Because he's he's actually only twenty-two years old. He'd be 36 when this ended, and he's going to be making 24 million dollars. Like, and by the time he's 36, that's going to be a cheap. Guys are deal. going to be making 50, 60, 70 million at that exactly. point. Exactly, 70. That's crazy. Um, but but Trent but like, Bauer just signed for 40. So to think that the guys will be making 50 to 60 is of not his crazy. caliber, right? Yeah, like, absolutely. Like when he's 29, when the deal's like seven years old, he's gonna he's gonna be making 24 million, and guys are going to be making yeah, like you said, 40 and stuff. Yeah. Maybe maybe this is maybe this is one of these rare uh, deals that's good for both sides. He, yes, he gets to save with the team. He's obviously happy in San Diego, right? So he gets to stay with that. San Diego, from what I've heard, is a lovely city. Yeah, they got a great ballpark. They are attempting to be competitive. They're in the same division as the Dodgers, but they're doing yeah, everything. That, that's they a can. war, hey! That, I know. That's, a, that's an arms race right there. Those two teams. That's been Holy great God. to watch those guys go back and forth. And I would have never thought that San Diego would be part of that battle. Mm. But I, I love watching it, man. It's been great. It's it shows how well it shows how well San Diego has done the last couple seasons of building up their team that the Dodgers had to turn around and sign Trevor Bauer. Exactly. Because yeah. if if San Diego wasn't, they wouldn't have bothered. They wouldn't have bothered. They no. wouldn't have needed it. No, exactly. You know. Yeah. But with with San Diego doing, they're like, oh no, we need we need all the arms we can get because we're gonna face these guys in the playoffs and yeah. we got to be ready. Absolutely. Um, at baseball, uh, so good on Tatis. Yeah. Um. I think it's it's one of those rare long term like ten year plus contracts that actually like you can look and be like, you know, that's not going to be bad at all throughout yep. the entirety of the deal. How's that for a left side of your defense too? Tatis at short and, and Machado, Machado at third. third. Oh my goodness. good luck getting anything through there. Uh, Do you remember watching uh, Tatis Senior play? His dad played for the Cardinals. No, I don't. Yeah, I don't remember. He wasn't. I mean, he's not nearly as as talented as his son is but i just that was just a random thought that's just a random player that came to 
baseball starting. We got spring training just started on Sunday, which is lots of buzz for the Blue Jays. I'm kind of excited to see what's happening. Yeah, they, man, they, it's coming together. Hitting it well already. Yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, they well, got some. I'm interested to see how Nate Pearson uh, deve- keeps developing because man, there was a, some games. Even though it was only a few innings at a time last year, his stuff was absolutely electric. He easily hits 100 miles an hour. There's movement all over the place. Like this guy has the potential to be phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited. Um, yeah, the next time we meet, we'll probably be getting close to a baseball preview. Yeah. So that's what we'll be doing in a couple weeks' time. Awesome. Sounds good. Have a good one, everybody. See you later.